0: 2 Samuel 13, after this, Absalom, the son of David, had a beautiful sister, whose name was Tamar, and Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Amnon was so troubled that he became sick because of his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and it seemed hard to Amnon to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother, And Jonadab was a very subtle man. He said to him, Why, son of the king, are you so sad from day to day? Won't you tell me? Amnon said to him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Jonadab said to him, Lay down on your bed and pretend to be sick. When your father comes to see you, tell him, Please let my sister Tamar come and give me bread to eat, and prepare the food in my sight that I may see it, and eat it from her hand. So Amnon lay down and faked being sick. When the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, Please let my sister Tamar come, and make me a couple of cakes in my sight, that I may eat it from her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to your brother Amnon's house, and prepare food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was lying down. She took dough and kneaded it, made cakes in his sight, and baked the cakes. She took the pan and poured them out before him. But he refused to eat. Amnon said, Have all the men leave me. Then every man went out from him. Amnon said to Tamar, Bring the food into the room that I may eat from your hand. Tamar took the cakes she had made and brought them into the room to Amnon, her brother. When she had brought them near to him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, Come lie with me, my sister. She answered him, No, my brother, do not force me. For no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Don't do this folly. As for me, where would I carry my shame? And as for you, you would be one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. However, he would not listen to her voice, but being stronger than she, he forced her and lay with her. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly with great hatred. For the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love which with he had loved her. Amnon said to her, Arise, be gone. But she said to him, No, because this great wrong in sending me away is worse than the other that you did to me. But he would not listen to her. Then he called his servant who ministered to him and said, Now put this woman out from me and bolt the door after her. She had a garment of various colours on her, for the king's daughters who were virgins dressed in such robes. Then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her. Tamar put ashes on her head, and tore her garment of various colours that was on her, and she laid her hand on her head and went her way, crying aloud as she wept. Absalom her brother said to her, Has Amnon your brother been with you? But now hold your peace, my sister. He is your brother." Don't take this thing to heart. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. But when King David heard of all these things, he was very angry. Absalom spoke to Amnon, neither good nor bad, for Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. After two full years, Absalom had sheep-shearers in Baal-Hadzor, which is beside Ephraim, and Absalom invited all the king's sons Absalom came to the king and said, See now, your servant has sheep shearers. Please let the king and his servants go with your servant. The king said to Absalom, No, my son, let's not all go, lest we be burdensome to you. He pressed him, however he would not go, but blessed him. Then Absalom said, If not, please let my brother Amnon go with us. The king said to him, Why should he go with you? But Absalom pressed him, and he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. Absalom commanded his servants, saying, Mark now when Amnon's heart is merry merry with wine, and when I tell you, strike Amnon, then kill him. Don't be afraid, haven't I commanded you? Be courageous and be valiant. The servants of Absalom did to Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and every man got up on his mule and fled. While they were on the way, the news came to David saying, Absalom has slain all the king's sons and there is not one of them left. Then the king arose and tore his garments and lay on the earth and all his servants stood by with their clothes torn. Jonadab, the son of Shimei, David's brother, answered, Don't let my lords suppose that they have all killed all the young men, the king's sons, for Amnon only is dead. For by the appointment of Absalom this has been determined from the day that he forced his sister Tamar. Now therefore, don't let my lord the king take this thing to heart, to think that all the king's sons are dead, for only Amnon is dead, but Absalom fled. The young man who kept the watch lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, many people were coming by the way of the hillside behind him. Jonadab said to the king, behold, the king's sons are coming. It is as your servant said. As soon as he had finished speaking, behold, the king's sons came and lifted up their voice and wept. The king also and all his servants wept bitterly. But Absalom fled and went to Talmai, the son of Amihur, king of Geshur. David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom fled and went to Geshur and was there three years. King David longed to go out to Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amnon, since he was dead." So the consequences of David's terrible sin in chapter 11 are now kicking in. And um, if David hadn't done the thing that he did, um, we're not saying he would never have had any problems. (laughs) Uh, It seems like this world is full of sin and there's always problems. And if you think about the, the sin that's in the world now and the problems that always surround us, it all goes back to sin. So in a sense, all problems are the consequence of sin. And, uh, but the original problem, which was you know Adam and Eve you know disobeying the Lord, you, you and, and others I don't know, but many people don't think it was that big of a deal you know because eating the fruit in the garden that they were told not to eat, they weren't killing anyone, you know they weren't taking someone's wife, they weren't doing a lot of these things that we think are so serious. It seemed like eating a piece of fruit wasn't all that bad. but, Sin causes consequences. And the consequences are are never only just affecting you. They affect others in your life. They affect your children. They affect generations to come. They affect those around you who are unrelated to the event. And so one of the consequences of Adam and Eve's sins was they have their first two sons, one kills the other. So they lose two sons in one go. The oldest kills the, the second oldest, Cain kills Abel, Cain goes into banishment and Abel is dead. And the, and so this is a consequence of Adam and Eve's sin because this, the the results of it are working in the world, even in invisible ways. And Now David commits sin and he has the exact same thing happen. He has, it's not the oldest that kills a younger one, it's a younger one that kills an older one, but he still loses two sons in one go. And, um, we said that in the last chapter, chapter 12, David pronounced judgment on himself without realizing. He said that the man in that story had to pay fourfold, and David ends up losing four sons. Like Bathsheba lost one, one husband, Uriah the Hittite, but David now loses four sons. The first one was that unnamed boy in chapter 12. The second one now in chapter 13 is Amnon. The third will be Absalom, and the fourth will be Adonijah as the chapters unfold. So the consequences of the action are at work. Now, um, Tamar, she, um, it says a very beautiful woman, she goes to Amnon's house, she makes him the food that he's asked for, and uh, then he grabs her, and she says a whole bunch of things to him that she gave him plenty of, re- plenty of very sensible good reasons right there why, not to, why he shouldn't stop and wait and think about what he was doing. And I've, I've found that this is always the case. The Lord always gives people um, information that they need, the opportunity to make a right decision. Some people just, are just like Amnon and they just ignore it. They're so determined to do the, the thing they wanna do and other people just don't even notice. Some people say, oh, the Lord doesn't talk, God doesn't talk, God's not even there, but the Lord talks all the time. And if you think about this story as an example, was the Lord speaking to Amnon? Yes. How was the Lord speaking to Amnon? He was using Tamar's words to speak to Amnon. So Tamar says to him, no, do not do this thing. She says, this would be a foolish thing. You would be like one of the fools in Israel. You know, And she says, how would I overcome the shame? And how would you overcome the shame? And, and if you just ask, that we could be given to each other in marriage and we could do it the right way and you can still have what you want, but it can be right. And she gives all these reasons, which it's almost like the voice of God coming to him (laughs) and he doesn't, well, he doesn't recognize it as God's voice for starters, but he is so determined to do what he wants, he ignores it, even though it's just plain sensible. And you'll find that in your life too, that the voice of the Lord comes to you regularly in many different ways. Mostly we don't recognize it. Um, because the Lord speaks through all sorts of things, including people, some of the time. Now, so Amnon rapes his sister. According to Deuteronomy 22, verses 28 and 29, according to the Old Testament law, if a man raped a virgin, um, he had to pay 50 shekels to the father of the girl that he violated, and he had to take her to be his wife. Now, they obviously thought very differently about marriage back then, and she said to him after this, that you can't send me away. That would be a greater shame. So th- at that point, in her mind, they're married. Now, that we, we don't think this way, but in the fact that he had done that to her, they were now married. And he had to pay a bride price to her father, which was, they both had the same father. But um, 50 shekels for David probably wouldn't have been a lot of money. But in a, for a normal family, it would have been a, a significant sum. But... Um, So basically what happened here was that they were, they should have got married, but there's a bit more, it's a bit more complicated than that because according to the Old Testament law in Leviticus 20, siblings were not allowed to sleep together. They weren't allowed to be married and if they were, the man who did that was to be stoned to death. So according to the Old Testament law, um, Amnon deserved to die and in fact he received his punishment according to the law even though he didn't receive it in the usual judicial process. So Tamar says to him, she says, you could ask the king and he'll, he'll let us be married. Well, that part might not have been the Lord <laughs> because the, the, the Lord had already previously said in the book of Leviticus that siblings were not to get married. But it still, it was a very wise thing to say, to, to you know, get his attention and say, look, you could probably still have what you want, um, but without being such a fool. Anyway, um, Absalom now decides to take matters into his own hands and he he murders his brother. And that also is a breaking of the law. And that uh, is also a penalty worthy of death. And um, so uh, the whole story starts to go terribly pear-shaped. Absalom flees and he goes to live in the land of Geshur. So Absalom's mother was Ma'aka, one of David's wives, and she was a princess from Geshur. So Absalom's going to live with his grandfather. And um, as this whole story unfolds, and it's so nasty, you imagine this happening in your family, it'd be nasty, it'd be miserable. It's, um, you know, David's obviously bothered, traumatized. You can see his reaction in the story that all the brothers of the all the other princes are weeping. It's a very difficult time. And yet one thing we know, and one thing David knew, the Lord was with him. David knew that the consequences of his sin were unfolding and the, that bothered him. But at the same time, he personally knew that he was okay with God. And I, I do have to say this, that we can, you and I, all believers can come to a place where we just know we're okay with God. And it's, the things that happen all around us can be big, and they can be momentous, they can be terrible. But you you can struggle with them because of what, it, what they are, but at the same time, you can know you're okay. And um, this is the place we need to come to. There's a thing uh, that Paul talks about in the book of Philippians. He says, the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. And in the world we live, you know, we live in days of, coronavirus we live in days of um, all sorts of crazy social and political things going on and other people before us have lived through worse things and there may be worse things to come but in all of this there's a place you can come to in your faith where you can walk with peace the passes understanding it's something worth seeking Heavenly Father I ask that you'd spare us Lord from the types of things that we see in this chapter and I pray that you would give to us the, the type of trust that trusts you in all circumstances. And so, Father, I pray that you would give to us peace the passes understanding your blessing and grace upon all your people today. In Jesus' name, amen.